0: Hello everyone, and a very warm welcome to all of you into my channel A to Z Therapy with Smriti. This is your host, Smriti Sikta Mishra. I am an occupational therapy and clinical psychology student. So come, join me on my journey of becoming a therapist and let's learn together. Welcome to the first episode of our series on parenting. We have with us is Dr. Meghna Singhal. Thank you so much, first of all, for featuring on our official podcast. Uh, and we, unfortunately, we don't have our founder here, but we have our audio recorded and he will be, this is our first episode for on parenting and uh, he will be yeah, and uh, he will be just uh, introducing the series. So let's check okay. out.
1: So today as an organization, uh, MH India has started uh, with uh, parenting as a new series uh, in collaboration with uh, the therapy unit of MH India, that is A2Z Therapy with Smriti. Being the founder of this organization, uh, I just want to say a few things that uh, parenting is a very tough knot to crack. definitely. And uh, with the challenging times we are having nowadays, uh, being it the pandemic or the lockdowns or the schools are not opening up, the things are getting worse and worse and more difficult, especially for the work from home parents nowadays. A quote uh, that reminds me that how parenting can be difficult is by Dr. Ivan McGregor. He said that the thing about parenting rules is that there aren't any rules that what makes it so difficult so in today's ed- edition of the special episode of the podcast of the new series launched on parenting we had a very special guest that is dr megna single she is one of the finest parenting coach we have in india being internationally certified and a triple p degree holder from one of the finest institutes that is Nimhan's Bangalore, and also a doctorate in parenting from University of Queensland. Thanks a lot, ma'am, for featuring in our official podcast and guiding our audience on various mm-hmm. tips regarding parenting. That's thank all. you so much. It's <laughs> a pleasure to be here. Uh, uh,
0: well, thank you, ma'am. Uh, so... Today, we will be talking about uh, parenting, what and uh, how the new or the expected parents must learn the changed rules in the times of uh, of modern parenting in the times of post-COVID era. So before we start, I would just like to uh, have a brief introduction of you. So already have uh, had it, but uh, you do a lot of work. You are a blogger yourself. So I would just like to have a brief introduction of you.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks so much for having me here. It's indeed a pleasure to talk about something that's so close to my heart, that's parenting. So uh, yeah, I mean, about myself, I think uh, it's already been said I uh, had a wonderful introduction, but I think what I would just like to add on top of that is currently I'm uh, uh, with a a parenting organization called Parent Circle. Mm -hmm. I've been with Parent Circle for two and I'm a clinical psychologist and parent, parenting coach at Parent Circle. And uh, Parent Circle, over the last few years, has evolved this core parenting philosophy, which is amazing, which is soundly, you know, it's it's grounded in research. And it basically focuses on um, uh, being empathetic, uh, teaching parents to be empathetic towards their children and being empathetic towards parents because Let's face it, parents are facing a lot of challenges these days. There is lesser lesser guidance available these days because uh, I think the breaking up of traditional uh, joint families uh, with the more nuclear setups coming up, what is happening is that modern-day parents have less guidance today. Mm -hmm. And we did a quick survey of uh, parents where we asked them you know who do you go to with your parenting concerns suppose you you're facing a parenting challenge who do you go to mm-hmm. and unanimously the answer was google <laughs> yeah. oh god that is not that is not good news because yeah internet is not should not be a reliable source of information because
0: exactly.
2: so much content out there which is not scientifically validated right i mean mm-hmm. at that we're all for science-backed parenting right okay. I and mean, it's so important to uh, know what is uh what our science tells us about how we should parent and and because science has progressed so much in the last 30 years what our parents for example did not know yeah. about raising you know about uh, how why it's inappropriate to spank your child why it's inappropriate to even yell at your child today neuroscience is telling us about that yeah so uh it's my it's my mission uh, it's it's what parent circle does it's my mission as well to uh, provide parents with science backed information you know mm-hmm. not not give them information like oh you try this this worked for me no mm. we parents science back information because that i think that is the gap that we need to address in india yeah and absolutely in last one month i've started uh, i've created this vlog Um, more like a video blog Uh, I have my own Facebook page and my own Insta page Uh, it goes by the name The Therapist Mommy and and I've just started putting out content out there because I'm just so passionate about this and uh, I've received such an amazing response Uh, I mean I'm absolutely thrilled and humbled and uh, it's 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 amazing to uh, see how much people respond to good quality parenting content Mm
0: -hmm. yeah absolutely so from this uh, what I want to ask is that uh, uh, I think every single parent somewhere at the uh, somewhere or the other feels that whether he or she is actually a good parent or an ideal parent so what according to you is an ideal parent or even if do you believe in ideal parenting because I think we all do mistakes and it's we need to normalize mistakes too so do you believe in it
2: absolutely i think uh, what you said smriti was very apt we need to normalize mistakes well let me first just say uh, this one thing that there is nothing called ideal or flawless parenting there are no perfect parents in the world right yeah, yeah. and at level, i think i think we all know this but i think still many of us fall prey to feeling worried or feeling inadequate right and so I think my suggestion to parents would be that instead of worrying or trying to attain some standard of perfection which which simply doesn't exist just show up for your child you know today itself I was recording a video in which I was talking about how showing up for your child you know showing up means being there for your kids Mm. being physically being emotionally present being being cued into your child you know focusing for whatever time that you're spending with your child even if it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes in a day you know focusing that your 100 attention on your child in that moment mm-hmm. and, and that is what you know makes makes your child feel safe that's what makes your child feel care about them and 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 that makes you see your child for who they really are instead of being guided by some labels yeah you know. <laughs> yeah so uh, it 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 really means understanding your child's feelings behind your child's behavior so this is this is very doable right showing up for your child and it's very doable rather than really trying to trying to be the perfect parent which which i think is a useless endeavor because there is
0: nothing called perfect parenting mm. Absolutely, very true. So, uh, when we are all stuck up in this lockdown situation and all this pandemic thing happening, so how actually can we properly diagnose the uh, disorders like uh, conduct disorders or ODDs when, uh, you know, these are all behavioral uh, and emotional disorders, sort of, and when we even the parents are sort of uh, uh, very much into uh, depression or anxiety or things like that. So how actually can we properly diagnose these conditions within the children in these states um, Yeah. Yeah. See, the pandemic has obviously been very tough
2: on children, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of children's aberrant behaviors are stemming from being stuck indoors and having too much screen time, for example, mm. right? But but the but the mental health conditions that you that you're referring to, you're referring to ODD or child, uh, you know, conduct disorder, they're actually quite different from simply not listening to your parents or displaying mm. uncooperative behavior or displaying yeah. annoying behavior. Mm. These are diagnosable mental health conditions. Yeah. So. So, what I would request parents to do is don't try to diagnose it yourself. Mm. Just because your child is not listening to you does not mean that they have, you know, oppositional defined disorder or conduct disorder. Most of the hospitals and medical institutes are offering both online and offline services. And it's it's imperative that the diagnosis is made by a certified mental health professional only, such as a clinical psych- psychologist or a psychiatrist. So please, if you if if you feel that you're child is develop is, is, you know, displaying a pattern of behavior, of, you know, aggressive conduct such as bullying or physically harming others or deceitful behavior or destructive behavior or is violating rules. I mean if you if you observe this as a pattern, then then it is then you you must contact a certified mental health professional and seek help because even through this pandemic, the doctors are there. They're working, yeah. the clinical they are working and uh, you know you can make a online consultation and follow that up with an offline consultation mm-hmm. but please don't try to it yourself because yeah. that that's really lead, lead us anywhere
0: okay so that's a very wonderful advice i think we all must uh, as uh, we all, uh, like parents should follow uh, so now the way, uh, next question is uh, how actually can we handle uh, different sort of like uh, children so first of all, I would like to uh, know about uh, the children having a uh, CD, conduct disorder. How to handle them when we are at home and everything is just lo- uh, shut down and all. The- uh,
2: yeah, um, I think, yeah, it's difficult, right? I mean, mm-hmm. children with not just conduct disorder, but I think any mental health condition, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know,
0: it,
2: these children themselves and their families, I think they have been particularly impacted by the pandemic, right? Mm. I mean, so-called regular people, you know, you've seen like there's been a rise in mental health conditions, right? Yeah. People are experiencing depression, people are experiencing anxiety, they're experiencing stress, they're overwhelmed. So it's it's been tough, okay? And parents have not been able to access mental health services or therapy mm. uh, and, and that has been an additional challenge right so for i think for not just for con- conduct i think for all the mental health conditions i would recommend that uh you know uh, uh, have have like a kind of a predictable ru- routine or structure for your child right i mean i think it's very important uh, especially for children with mental health conditions they need to make sense of the world around them through some kind of structure mm. right so when things change it becomes extremely difficult for them to cope up with Unfamiliar situations, yeah. right? So create a predictable, pre- predictable routine for your for your child. Uh, especially if you're, I mean, th- this this kind of uh, suggestion is applicable even for, uh, you know, children who don't have any mental health condition, right? Because children thrive on routines. They thrive on predictability, yeah. right? So you know but but it's even more important to do that if your child does have a mental health condition whether it's conduct disorder or autism or mr or you know even if your child has different needs or hyperactivity or anything at all my my first uh uh, you know suggestion would be create a predictable routine for your child create a predictable routine for yourself Mm. so that you don't Feeling overwhelmed because we know how much the caregivers' burden is so high in uh you know in in such cases. So yeah, yeah that's what I would like.
0: Okay, so any special advice for uh, parents having uh, children with autism or uh, who have uh, special needs or disabled or uh, they have slow learning uh, disorder? So any particular advice for uh, these types of parents?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. See, with all of these mental health conditions. Or with uh, children with different needs, we know that their ongoing therapy, whatever occupational therapy they were going accessing, whatever mental health therapy they were accessing, that has been disrupted. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So I mean, that's been very tough for parents, especially say for a condition like autism. Right. Mm. You. Uh, you know, you uh, you work with a special educator and you, you know, work your way through through whatever kind of training program that your child is taking. And uh, these small steps, you know, with, with, with these small steps, you make these small wins. Yeah. And suddenly to have that stop can really disrupt uh, whatever progress you your child seems to have made. So a lot of parents are now reporting that, you know, my child had taken 10 steps, but it's now like, like taking 15 steps back. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's very overwhelming for any parent. Obviously, it's not an ideal case scenario, but, but with regard to, I mean, just with regard to being stuck at home and not being able to access therapy, the one thing that I would recommend is just, I mean, this is again across the board, whether it's any mental health condition or whether your child has special needs or even if you have a regular child engage your child in physical activities that is the one thing that children need most children have abundant energy and when they when they burn off this energy by exercising by practicing yoga or even doing household chores th- that they, that helps them they become calm right mm-hmm. and uh, you know finishing a chore like you know it, it even in, in, you know helps them get better at a life skill right? yeah so it gives you a sense of satisfaction or purpose and anybody can do that, right? I mean, anybody can, any child, I mean, even if it's a very young child, like as young as three, right, you can sort of train them to, um, you know, uh, doing some chores. So any kind of physical activity, uh, uh, you know, indoors, even if you can't step outdoors, any kind of exercise, any kind of yoga, is, uh, any kind of deep breathing is what I would recommend in general. Okay. And uh, the, the, another thing that, that has, uh, you know, seen a lot of disruption is, um, I think, uh, just learning, right? So we know that all the learning, all the academic learning has shifted online, right? Mm-hmm. But, but children with mental health issues and children with special needs, the challenge for them is in- inclusion in, in online learning. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, the coping with that fast-paced instruction, uh, you know, lack of face-to-face interaction... It's not easy for regular kids. Regular only. kids, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, children with mental health conditions and children with different needs are obviously struggling. So my suggestion to parents there would be to understand that this can be really overwhelming for your child, and therefore to deprioritize academics for your child for this year.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: we're in the middle of a global pandemic. It is exactly. stressful for
0: all of us. Mm-hmm. It's affected.
2: Productivity levels. It is okay if your child is not able to do this whole, you know, online learning thing. It is okay if your child is not able to cope with academics. Use this time to do other things with your child. I mean, I think the one thing that I tell parents all, all across the board is use the. I mean, you've always been saying, you know, I'm working, there's not enough time that I yeah, need to spend yeah for that use this time to forge connection use this time to spend some quality time with your child use this time to come together as a family and allocate okay who will do which chores okay when are we getting together as a family every friday evening let's play a board game let's do this you know what i'm saying that it's 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 that it's that rhythm of a family life that you can get back on track yeah. You know, it, it's not important right now what's mm-hmm. important is what what am i what am i teaching my child through through you
0: know through about surviving a global pandemic right? yeah absolutely it's, 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 yeah okay so uh how another which is uh you just uh, said that uh, the therapist and everything uh you know uh so how can parents be uh, become a co-therapist? Because uh, in this, like everything is going to online, even the therapies are happening uh, online, the yeah. like era of teletherapy. So how can parents be uh, become a co-therapist? Because at times uh, when you have a physical ther- therapist with you, they do certain things. But since yeah. uh, this is not a certain, uh, normal time, so how can parents become a co-therapist for their children? Uh, especially the children having some issues with uh, like mental issues or anything like that
2: yeah no i think uh i think i think that there's an answer hidden in your question itself i think the answer yeah. is, is uh, yeah that parents need to realize that they need to step up and become uh, their child's co-therapist yeah right? from what- have learned from their, you know, from their, from the child's therapist, this is the time to maybe apply that, but at the same time, not put too much pressure on yourself, because I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not able to cope with an additional role, right? Now you're saying that parents who, um, you know, have traditionally gone to office or even stay at home parents uh, who have have the extra burden of uh, caring for a child with either mental health issues or uh, different needs. Now there is another role on them. Like already yeah. there are so many roles. Mm. You have to manage your household chores without... Any household help, you have to take care of your office work, you know, you have to take care of your child's academics, and then now you have to take care of your child's therapy as well, right? So, without making it sound like parents need to be juggling all of these acts to perfection, Mm -hmm. let me just say that uh, if you are able to be your child's uh, co-therapist, great. But, but take, I would, I would add that pinch of salt there that if you feel too overwhelmed in doing that, cut yourself some slack. And focus on doing something that no therapist in the world can do, which is, again, forging that kind of connection with your child, Mm. which, you know, which only you uh, being being your child's parent, being your child's caregiver can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's wonderful. Uh, So what would be your piece of advice to parents having uh, children aged less than one year's? That's a tough job, I mean, less than one year child and uh, you being busy with your online jobs and everything. So what would be your piece of advice for them? Honestly,
2: my advice to them would be, especially because there is so much of, I mean, you know, there is definitely a rising uh, spate of postpartum issues, mental health issues, and specifically Mm -hmm. postpartum issues. I'm saying this because you asked for parents for children, you know, less than one year of age, uh, you know, very, very high risk of postpartum issues, right? Mm -hmm. My one solid piece of advice and suggestion to these parents would be take care of yourself first. I know it's so difficult to do that because you always place your child first, you know? Yeah you have this new baby in your life and you just you just love them with all your heart and you just want to give your whole life to that little human being that you brought into this world but you know what you can't pour from an empty cup yeah it's absolutely, absolutely that you take care of your sleep you take mm-hmm. care of your Diet, you take care of your exercise mm. you take care of your you know emotional uh, uh health by by reaching out to family by reaching out to your partner by reaching out to your friends for emotional support so taking care of yourself i know is the most important most uh, neglected thing because i know of new mothers who don't even get time to take a shower and yeah. this is when they're on, they're on leave and you know they're not even working mm. so it's it's tough and obviously, uh, the global pandemic doesn't make it any easier. But my one piece of uh, advice to these parents would be please, please learn to prioritize yourself as well. Because if you are, um, if if your mental health, if your physical and mental health is sound, trust me, that's what your baby needs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what would be your advice for uh, parents having a uh, children having aged uh, one to five years? That's uh, when you know, their children go to school, start getting in, going into yes. schools and they just have an exciting life and now this pandemic.
2: So one to five is, uh, you know, mainly toddlers and preschoolers, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of, some of them may have online classes, but not all of them. But okay. really toddlers and preschoolers is an age wherein, you know, you're just so curious and so full yeah. of for the world around you. And um, I mean, I think... To parents with children that age, I would just recommend that, you know, just just try to spend time with your child, you know. Don't worry about your child learning. I know a lot of parents who have kids in this age range, they're like, okay, my child is, you know, is not sitting through online classes and my child is not really learning, and my, I have to introduce four weeks to my three-year-old. And, you know, I mean, I'm part of a lot of parent groups, so I know that yeah. this is what parents are uh, really expressing us their concerns and uh, what i tell them is you know what just take a step back <laughs> yeah. does not even if your child does not end up learning phonics at 3 even if your child does not learn to read at 5 even if your child does not uh, learn numbers uh, you know by 4 it's fine you know again i mean i, w- I would probably reiterate what i said previously focus uh, you know focus on forging a connection with your child Right. Uh, You know, develop small rituals that that reconnect you with your child, uh, you know, every day, like, for example, a five minute snuggle the first thing in the morning, you know, uh, you know, when you're talking to your child, turn off technology, you know, a lot of parents are reporting across ages that uh, there has been an increase in screen time. Yeah, you know. And, and that's okay, you know, I mean, I know that American Academy of Pediatricians, they have these guidelines, screen time guidelines, yeah. in which for preschoolers, it's actually, you know, uh, no. uh, they don't, they say less than one hour. Less than of, one hour, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, those guidelines have been developed after a lot of research, so you, mm-hmm. we do have, uh, you know, reason to, try, you know, place our trust in that, but this is a global pandemic, it's yeah. okay if you're, if your child is watching ipad for <laughs> half an hour yeah also focus on what i can do with the rest of the time you know what how i can connect with my child and you know uh, you know how i can how i can use these small opportunities to nurture the connection with my child
0: and uh, what can be the uh, for the parents having aged children having aged uh, five to ten years because that's a very different, you know, they are growing, yes. they're getting into their teens and the, like in their preteens and when they are like 10, 11. So that's a very different journey for them.
2: Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I think, let me acknowledge that um, uh, children uh, are the true heroes of this pandemic, right? Yeah, how absolutely. they've adapted to being at home, uh, how they've adapted to online classes, mm-hmm. to not meeting their friends. friends I, mean, yeah. I think it's and something that we adults need to learn, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, yes, I mean, again, five to 10 is a beautiful age. They're primary schoolers. They're getting into middle school. And and again, I, what I would, I would suggest to these parents is focus on, you know, make a priority list for your family. Like focus on what's really important at this time. Mm-hmm. Is this time important for focusing on academics? Or is this time important for instilling some kind of life skills or values? Yeah. That, you know? we never thought about you know like for example the just the value of gratitude right being thankful just the fact that we have a roof above our heads that we're getting healthy home cooked nutritious meals three times a day you know I mean parents to have these conversations with their children is so important and and this is the time because we are we are living through a global pandemic so this is the time to reinforce some of the most cherished values to your child because that's going to take your child a long way.
0: Yeah, that's very important. I think, uh, and uh, obviously, at some point uh, while growing up, we have actually in these busy lives and everything, the metro thing, and uh, yeah, uh, we have somewhere or the other, we have forgotten our value system to just instill some values to our children. It's like, it's a good time to, uh, if we see the positive side, Absolutely. it's a good, yeah, if we see into the positive mm-hmm. side. Uh, yeah if we see into the positive side it's a good time to just uh rekindle that connection between your children so that's a great absolutely time. absolutely smriti and another thing is that uh, you know uh,
2: you know inculcating values mm-hmm. is important yeah but let's not let's not moralize and let's not lecture ah. hmm. you know the one thing that children learn the best from is modeling if yeah. parents can model what, just walk the talk, right? Exactly. You want your child gratitude. Be grateful yourself. Exactly. You know, there's a ritual that uh, my daughter, who's six, my daughter and I have started during this time. We've got ourselves a diary each, and we started uh, doing, uh, you know, making our writing our own gratitude journal. Mm, that's very nice. It's, yeah. It's a small ritual that we've developed. We wake up every morning. We spend just five minutes writing some things that you know we are grateful for. And it's just a small ritual, but it's amazing how much, how much I can see, you know, in my child, how, how much she's learning through that one little simple exercise, which is completely Mm non-academic, which is not forced, she sees me doing this, she gets to do it. We take newspapers and magazines, we cut pictures of the things we like, we stick it in our gratitude journal, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful and such a lovely way of instilling something that's so important in, in, in your child. So I think that's what I would recommend parents to
0: do as well. Okay. So what for parents having children from aged 13 and above? That's a very important in terms of, uh, yeah, teens. And then uh, they are just having their dreams, academics. There are a lot of things uh, on their shoulder. So what would be your advice for them? I mean, again, I might sound
2: like, like a broken record, but I would again repeat that, even with regard to your teen. I mean, see, for teens, it's particularly difficult, and I'll tell you why. Teen, teenage years, the, the adolescent years are an age in which peers become much more important, and, yeah. and with reason. I mean, yeah, changes yeah. happening in the child's yeah. brain, in the teen brain, which enable them to sort of deprioritize their parents and prioritize their peers and that's fine fine it's very difficult for teenagers it's very difficult because they are not able to meet their Their uh, friends friends yeah right Yeah. so and 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 that can really impact a teen's mental health right Mm -hmm. I mean at parent circle we've been running uh, meetups right and we ran this meetup of of adolescents recently and that's what they said you know they said that you know being stuck at home with our parents the whole day is fine but you know when the lecture (laughs) the lecture and all starts and you know when we're not allowed to we're not able to meet our friends it really gets to us Mm -hmm. right so the one thing that I would request parents of teenagers of adolescents particularly to do is uh see see ways in which you can enable your child's social development mm-hmm. right so uh, can you can you enable your child to uh, you know have a zoom party with with his with his or her friends you know I mean look look for cre- brainstorm creative ways in which you can get your teen to fulfill that need yeah. of social because that need is very real in adolescence you know and uh, and don't judge them when they, you know when they are when they are spending time with their teens when they are probably messaging them yeah uh, for what you're Late into the night, and you know, because maybe, maybe, maybe that's what self care for our adolescents looks looks like. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe that they need yeah. if they are not face to face interaction with their friends and their peers. Maybe, maybe this is this is how they're making up for it, and this is what they need. So mm-hmm. support them in trying to access their friends mm-hmm. and, uh, and and avoid any kind of judgment when it comes to their friends is yeah. what I would tell the parents
0: okay great piece of advice uh, then uh, in 2020 when we saw that the competitive exams being postponed again and again and uh, like the, uh, whether it be neat or JEE, the national level exams were postponed and uh, students actually didn't have any clue that when will they um, will get to appear in their examinations they were preparing for like two years three years and it was such a, a crucial um, exam for their life it's like a determining exam for the whole career so it's stressful for the kids and equally for the parents. So what would be your piece of advice for those parents uh, whose children are preparing for con- competitive exams? And I don't think that even this year, we are going to have it very easy, even the board yeah. exams. Yeah. In fact, it's all
2: so unclear. We don't even yeah. know whether we're going
0: school next academic year when
2: are these going to uh, competitive exams i mean it's it's all very unclear it's all and so and so in this time of uncertainty what i would again tell, tell parents is especially parents but also also the the you know their children is that honestly you know we we have this technique in therapy where we which we call zooming out so if you take a real step back and if you examine your life as if, you know, your uh, you know, say 10 years of your life is maybe 10 days, right? Uh, you would realize that things that are really important, things that really matter, are the things that you end up focusing on. Mm. But if you are focusing on things that are not that important, yeah, then it, uh, so why, why I'm saying this, I'll tell you why I'm saying this. I'm saying this because if you, if we urge those parents to take a step back and, think about how this one year does not really matter in the larger scheme of things. How losing one year, you know, repeating the year or taking a gap year or whatever it is, how it does not matter because we are all in this together. It's not like some children are able to, Mm. you know, exams and uh, go on to uh, higher studies and, you know, do all of that. We are all in this together. So it's, it's, that those those fears about it being a rat race and insecurity do crop up right Mm -hmm. but it's important to zoom out and see from the vantage point of your entire life you probably won't even remember that you know you had to take a gap year you could not take the exam when you wanted to it does not matter right it's not important what's more important is and it will happen, how your life pans out, how your career pans out. it will. It's not that taking a gap year will forever scar your career. It's not like that, right? Yeah. It's not like you have not been able to take an exam this year, which most of the people have not, all the people have not. It's not like you will not be able to carve out the kind of career that you want for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So again, let's let's focus on what's really important. We're in the midst of a global pandemic, and what's really important is how we... Uh, support uh, each other through this, rather than uh, you know it, it making it again about a rat race. Mm-hmm. And if you if you do take a step back and zoom out uh, of your life and see, you will realize that what's really important is is not you know taking an exam. Yeah. Yes, it's an important, but it will eventually happen whenever mm-hmm. it happens. Right, And so, and focus our time and energy on really developing ourselves. There are so many things that one can do to develop your, your, you know, for example, like on your, on your college application, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, There are so many things that you can write, which are non-academic, which can really, really help your college application, Mm -hmm. right? How did you spend this time? What did you do do to develop yourself? You know, uh, uh, can you read books? You know, can you write Mm-hmm. Uh, stories. Can you make your develop your own blog? Uh, can you make music online? I mean, can you can you connect with people in the far, you know, across the world and do something creative? I mean, what I'm trying to say is that we have technology in our hands, mm-hmm. and we can use technology in creative ways. And again, this is a part of modeling to our kids instead of just sitting and bemoaning the fact that oh, I'm not able to study and I'm not able to take an exam what can i do to how will i show to my child what can i do to make the most of this time i think that is very important learning for um, our, our par- for parents and their children
0: mm that's very important I, and uh, of course because uh, i have seen a lot of people like uh, especially ch- uh, children in their like in these uh, competitive uh, who are preparing for their competitive exams and it was very stressful for them and it's also very important that they understand this fact uh, of course they like you know there are so much of emotion there is so much of hard work you do in those 2 3 years or yeah so it's a bit difficult but again with parents and family we need to acknowledge the fact that we need to prioritize our things.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so yeah, so moving on to our next question is, uh, what would uh, you like to uh, tell to the parents who are uh, like expecting parents? They have their dreams, they have the exciting life in front of them. But again, they also have the fear that maybe uh, the uh, mother who is pregnant right now, uh, maybe she will uh, get COVID or anything like that. The anxiety that comes with it, Pregnancy in itself is a very difficult journey. So, yeah. what would be your advice for expecting parents?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I think you said it right uh, that it's it's anyway a very uh, it can be a very overwhelming journey and it can be quite stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, life moves on. I mean, but I think I'm I I would humbly say that it's not my place to tell parents what to do. They already know what to do. And I've seen parents who have had either planned or unplanned pregnancies during this time and they have coped beautifully honestly I mean I know a lot of people in my professional circle I know a lot of people in my personal circle and yes it's challenging to not have uh, to you know say for example your spouse not being allowed inside the checkup room or while you're getting a, a scan done and you know there are these little challenges but of whatever I have seen I don't think I am anyone to advise parents here because uh, all the expecting parents uh, and parents who've also recently delivered their, their children are doing a fantastic job of coping. I mean, they're taking things in their stride. They are, they, are, they are reaching out to friends for emotional support. They are reaching out in their network with their family and their friends for emotional support for other kinds of logistics. And, and it's great. So I think, I, I don't think uh, <laughs> I am anyone to advise them. I think they're already doing an amazing job. Wow. I think all
0: pins are so great fighters.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And children are even better. I mean, yeah. I think we learn a lot from how children are coping. I yeah. mean, We
0: are like falling apart, but our kids are like, you know,
2: those brave warriors. Yeah. So, yeah
0: okay so moving on uh, how to handle we already talked about that there are issues like post uh, like the postpartum issues so how to handle the postpartum blues or postpartum depression in these uh, era what would be your uh, advice to mothers or parents uh, suffering from these conditions yeah i mean i think as we discussed
2: there has been a rise in postpartum cases uh, during the pandemic and it's unfortunate but it's hardly surprising mm-hmm. you know the uncertainty and the anxiety prevailing around us during this global pandemic is is increasing in general our levels of stress and fear of social isolation, uh, especially in new mothers. Mm -hmm. So what I would recommend is uh, please take adequate rest. Please take a healthy diet. Please have your family pitch in with household work. You also need emotional support. So reach out to your family, your partner, your friends. And please, please, please seek a mental health professional for guidance, because I can't emphasize this enough. I know that a lot of people think that this phase will pass. But it's, you might not have postpartum blues, you might have postpartum depression, Mm. right, or postpartum anxiety. So Mm. it's always a good idea to seek uh, you know counsel from a mental health professional such as a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist because they know exactly what you know you might be headed towards it's early intervention is always 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 a good idea so please seek uh you know apart from seeking support from you know your near and dear ones please uh seek a mental health professional for guidance mm.
0: okay so can you please uh define what is postpartum blue postpartum depression and uh, uh, postpartum psychosis for us just a bit a yeah. brief simple uh, definition or defining for the general public yeah for the general public what I would
2: say is see 80% of the new mothers go through what we call as postpartum blues and those are basically when you when you deliver a child there are a lot of hormonal changes happening in your body and postpartum blues is when you feel very you know you feel like you know you feel very sad you feel for most of the day you feel uh, you know that you don't feel like doing anything you feel very lethargic and tired Uh, you feel uh, as if you know you don't feel like taking care of your baby or yourself so those are postpartum blues and it's astounding right 80 percent of women go through this irrespective of class, language, culture across the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And in some cases, okay, so some portion of that women go on to developing postpartum depression, which okay. means that your feelings of low mood and lethargy and feeling tired and not feeling like taking care of yourself and not feeling like taking care of your baby becomes more sustained, which means that you you do which means that it's it's a diagnosable condition which mm-hmm. does require you to uh, go to a mental health professional and uh, you know and and seek whatever it is that you know that whether it's therapy or whether it's medication because postpartum depression will not go off on its own and it's very difficult because in postpartum depression and i'll come to postpartum psychosis in a bit but in postpartum depression you can have feelings like i'm not an adequate mother you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not being able to take care of my baby. And, you know, all of these negative thoughts that can come into your mind that can really play havoc with, actually, you might be doing enough. You might be a great mother. But, but you just, just because, yeah, so your your negative thoughts might mm-hmm. make you believe otherwise, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And. Once you once you contact a mental health and and your family can be there for you know f- for emotional support but but your family can't really help you through these negative thoughts. Yeah. Maximally, they'll say is no no you're fine you're 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 a good mother you are taking care of the baby but if you go to a clinical psychologist for example they will teach you how you can challenge these negative thoughts, what you can do about these thoughts, how you can decrease the level of your belief in these thoughts, Mm. right? So it's a very scientific way of, uh, you know, treating postpartum depression. And postpartum psychosis is another ballgame altogether, right? I mean, uh, there are cases in which um, uh, a mother starts uh, feeling that as if, you know, she wants to hurt her baby.
0: Yeah, that's very serious, actually. Yeah,
2: I mean, and that can be very scary for a new mother. Like, yeah. I have just human into this world. Why am I getting these kind of thoughts, mm. right? So most of the time, it takes the form of these kind of, you know, delusions, which means, you know, a false belief that, uh, you know, I am a bad mother or I want to hurt my baby or I want to just do something to harm my baby. And again, if you're getting these thoughts, even if they're fleeting, please do contact a mental health professional because they know how to help you through this.
0: Mm. So let's not take
2: this easy. Uh, postpartum mental health is an extremely important area of um, concern. And again, as I said, the pandemic is has not been helping things. There's been a rise in cases. So please, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, and if you have ever experienced this, or if you're currently experiencing
0: this, please do contact a mental health professional. Yeah. Very important. Uh, next thing will be, what are the reading material, materials you would like to uh, recommend for the uh, upcoming parents, like the expecting parents or uh, who are parents uh, of certain children, having children certain age group? What are the reading materials you would just like to? Or you could uh, share some uh, creative ideas that, uh, with their children, the parents can do. Like you had, uh, well, you uh, yourself uh, modeled a great example.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i would direct parents to our website parentcircle.com. it's a treasure <laughs> trove of uh, articles tips strategies information for all kinds of parents new parents expected parents parents across all age groups recently we've come up i must tell you this recently we've uh, launched these set of activity books the unique activity books called little learners at home activity books for mm-hmm. preschoolers so one for one. children between three and five years of age and they are very very amazing activities because each activity has a like a worksheet that the child can you know do something on and a hands-on activity Mm -hmm. and each book has a theme so it's i think it makes for a wonderful gift and I have bought myself copies of that. So, I mean, in terms of what to do, because this is the age, right? Preschool age where parents are struggling to work. How do I engage my child? It's the most common question that we come across from parents. So please take a look at uh, the little learners at home and please visit my blog. <laughs> the Therapist, a lot of information that I give out. You can contact me uh, through my blog and you can ask me any question. Normally what I do is whenever uh, any parent contacts me and asks, says so recently this uh, parent contacted me and said that my child my three-year-old uh just doesn't is glued to the mobile and just mm-hmm. doesn't eat without watching videos and so i i so i what i do is on my blog i make these videos on two-minute parenting tips mm-hmm. okay and uh that's the, that's the that's the content i put out there so if you if you want to contact me uh, through my blog and uh, ask me any Particular question or parenting challenge that you're facing, you can be sure that I will uh,
0: give you tips through a video uh, very very soon. So yeah, yeah. So these are the uh, so yeah. And I would do. yeah, and we will make sure that uh, all your links are all in the description uh, okay, for the yeah. channel. Yeah, that would be a great help for the parents too. Uh, now is that uh, what are your future plans coming to just a bit of your work, personal future plans?
2: Well actually I, it's not something that it's very it's not something very consolidated yet, but I just see myself as working in the field of parenting uh, for the for the years to come because honestly I, I see a lot of gap I see a lot of gap. I mean I see that there is still there's still so many misconceptions that parents have about parenting. Uh, I, I see there's a huge gap between what research tells us how we, you know what is the optimal way of parenting based on studies of you know children's brains, uh, and uh, you know and the effect that various styles of parenting have on children's development, and actually how we parent. There's a huge gap between these two things. So I, I through my work
0: in the future, I plan to you know close that gap. I, I and I yeah. hope I'll be able to do that. Okay, wonderful, and we hope that. You succeed in your wish. Uh, <laughs> sorry? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I think there was some network issue. So I could just hear you. Yeah, uh, I think
2: there's
0: a network issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the last question: that uh, three parenting tips you would just like to uh, give to the general audience. Three basic or the most important tips that any parent should actually, uh, you know, uh, remember while uh, while being with, around their children it's like okay hmm. okay yeah irrespective of age right yeah
2: yeah oh uh, yeah yeah I think uh, the first thing that I would recommend and I can't stress this enough is set up a routine for yourself and for your child hmm. right I mean if you have a young child you can even or even an older child you can get get them to make a simple colorful routine chart and put it in a place that is easily visible to your child and you know uh, you know that really adds that element of Predictability in your child's routine, and it enables them to roll with the everyday changes that inevitably happen. So, set a routine for your child and for yourself. That's first. The second tip that I would uh, like to uh, give is a ritual that I actually do with my kids. It's called the rose and thorn ritual. Right? Okay. And so, what that means, yeah, what that means is discussing something good that happened to you during that day during suppose you do this at dinner time right or bedtime so you discuss one good thing or rose whatever that happened to you during the day and what was prickly or thorn you know for that uh, about that day you know something bad that happened to them that day or you can do this in the morning Mm
0: -hmm. you know at the
2: breakfast you can do something good that you're looking forward to in the day and something that you know that is that is uh, that you're scared about and that you're not looking forward to and I'll tell you what this does is this Rosenthorn ritual it immediately brings you in the realm of feelings you know what makes me feel good what makes me feel uh, you know unpleasant uh, and it's, it's amazing it's an amazing nugget of information from, from your child that you get that you can then build on you can then start talking having conversations with your child about you know uh, you know, this makes you feel bad. This makes you feel angry, or this makes you feel up, upset or frustrated. What can you do about it, mm. right? So it basically builds emotional intelligence in your child. Yeah. And, and my and my and my third tip is, um, you know, uh, start a family mindfulness practice. Uh, uh, you know, in like you know, together as a family. So mm. listening to a short guided meditation audio just five minutes every day maybe before dinner or during bedtime or something it, it, and do this as a family activity it really helps bring your family close together and it really helps you calm down and really impo- again it, it, something which is very valuable it instills in your child that you know uh you know we need to we need to routinely stop and calm ourselves down right yeah. we need to really you know, slow ourselves down. So mindfulness is an amazing, it's a beautiful practice that you can do as a family just for five minutes every day.
0: Mm that's wonderful so thank you so much ma'am, for featuring uh, and giving so much of content and so much of advice it's it's like these simple things uh, these are simple things that we uh, know but we tend to forget every time you know these things I, I feel like these things happen to every single parents and we need to just and in these pandemic times we just need to remember this again and again that it's okay and the bottom line is that it's okay everyone is going through it It will pass in some time and we need to be strong enough and help each other out, I think. And as you said, that gratitude is being and being empathetic is something we should actually teach our children. And uh, so thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you from the whole team of MH uh, MH India. And uh, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure interacting
2: with you. I hope your voice reaches far and wide and all the best.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. If you found this video worth your time, then do like, share to all the parents out there, comment and subscribe to our channel. Thanks for watching and stay tuned.